What's up, everybody? Welcome to Movie Flex Double Features, the favorite podcast of the Starship Enterprise. I, of course, am Estebs, joined, as always, every week by my lovely co-host, Matt, a.k.a. The Posting Pro. Matt, how the fuck is it going? It's going pretty good, man. Um, Just started Deep Space Nine, so, you know. Hell yeah. I'm on season three of DS9. Hell yeah, dude. I just finally um, got to the episode that uh, is one of the group at members' names. Um, I finished that episode the other day, so nice, pretty good. Season yeah. one, episode ten. Um, Star Trek, uh, aka the show with the good Q, <laughs> good kind of Q. Um, I know, yeah, <laughs> how uh, unfortunate, you know. Yeah, I wish we all had a Q in our life, right? Yeah, it, it's really funny. I'm sure there's like plenty of like quotes that you could pull from that show. Where they're like talking about Q and stuff, and um, I wonder, like, has that never played a part in the Q mythology, like Star Trek? Because I feel like that would be pretty obvious, right? Like, there's a lot of people who think that they plant stuff in media to groom people for like stuff that comes in the future. So you could be like, oh, they they planted Q uh, to groom people to for Q later in the future. I'm sure that that's probably some of their. I don't delve too deeply into the Q uh you know the q hole or whatever so i i um yeah i'm sure that's probably some of your points of like look at this character this god character on star trek yeah yeah exactly he's he's one of the like not to get too not to derail completely at the beginning but he's one of the better written characters i found like he's so like yeah when you, like when his episodes come up on the next generation you're like so happy to see him you know mm-hmm. like he's just like it's just an incredible thing where, like, a character... Like, he's only in, like, eight episodes, which, yeah. like, overall in, in TNG is not a long time, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But he's such a good actor and such a good character that you're just like, wow, like, if it's a cute episode, yeah. you know you're in for a treat, you know? Yeah, like, once every 20 or 25 episodes, he'll pop up. Um, yeah, his, his, like... I don't know if it was his first... I think it was his second episode. Um, the one where he, like... Uh, basically gives the uh enterprise a preview of the borg like mm-hmm. takes him out like in a far space um yeah and like uh yeah he's like this is you know don't be so arrogant basically um again much like the real q you know <laughs> uh <laughs> that's right america's favorite workout film and q anon podcast um <laughs> preseason football's in the air uh it's that time you know uh Summer's wrapped up. Uh, summer blockbuster season's pretty much over. Bullet Train, nope, it's all in the past now. Batman, that was a thousand years ago. Uh, so yeah, theaters are kind of dying down. Um, but yeah, what have you been watching recently? Uh, yeah, so besides Star Trek, uh, I finished TNG, started Deep Space Nine. Uh, I started watching the Star Trek movies. Um, so I've watched the first two. Uh, I just didn't want to commit to any more because I was like, oh, I just want to watch Deep Space Nine and see, you know, the Ferengi and Odo and all them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching those. Um, I watched, uh, you know, Rival, but also Friend of the Podcast podcast. Uh, we uh, They had an episode on um, Point Blank, which is a... Uh, John Borman film. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's Walker, right? He's a he's a mm-hmm. he, the character name is Parker. He's a he's a book character. It's like the first movie with him in it. 
Um, it was very good. And I watched along to listen to their episode. And just to like basically end it, uh, I saw or I watched Heat in 4K. I got the 4K. Um, yeah. Heat finally came out. I watched it. It's incredible. You know, Bobby yeah. De Niro is literally us for real. You know, all that, all that jazz. <laughs> Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, you should bring up point blank. I, um, I think it might've been burger enjoyer, friend of the podcast, uh, for a uh, former guest. I think like maybe it was him or chase probably, but, um, I remember saying like, cause I bought point blank this year on, um, Blu-ray and, um, I remember saying that like I started it and this was probably like my second time trying to watch it. And I don't know, just after 15 minutes, I just kind of stopped and never came back and um he pointed out that like uh that's one of tarantino's least favorite movies like tarantino hates it as well so uh i didn't hate it like i'm sure it's a great movie i just uh you know it's weird it's like it's like the ideal movie for me you know it's like it's you know it's everything i like would like would love in a movie um like a like a heist like a a, a guy fighting the organization a 60s a 60s 60s. crime movie yeah, I'm sure it's brilliant, but uh, yeah, I just, whatever, I don't know, I just haven't why been able to vibe like with it? that movie. I don't know, but he told me that, because I was like, oh yeah, I don't know why, I couldn't finish it, and they were like, oh, Tarantino said he didn't like it as well. Uh, uh, Tarantino's yeah. really, he's really weird, like, because yeah. I, I do, like, when he recommends a movie, I, I do like some of his tastes, you know, like, obviously, but like, mm. he very much has, like, weird, esoteric kind of tastes, too, sometimes, because like, he will he'll say you know he'll say oh moonraker's terrible which i i you know mm-hmm. agree with right he'll be like moonraker's a bad bond movie or something right and then he'll be like oh but like the greatest movie ever is the social network it's like okay yeah he um <laughs> he was on a pod him and Ayers were on a podcast talking about uh the three musketeers movies of the 70s um yeah, I mean, he's seen a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm sure he has great... Like, I know he has great taste. I'm sure, like, he sees stuff and stuff that I don't see sometimes, I guess. But, yeah, I don't always, like, agree with him. Um, but I fucking love Lee Marvin, you know? Like, just one of the great faces in all of movies. Uh, Lee Marvin, the main guy, uh, the actor who played the protagonist in, a, in Point Blank. Uh, just, like, a great, like, face, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Dirty Dozen, that guy, the wild one. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got. He definitely, yeah, like you said, he's got a great, great face as a you know as a pro tag. Uh, little bullet, little antag. <clears throat> uh, bullet is very sick. Um, the uh, the <clears throat> the Peter Yates uh, Steve McQueen movie. Um, hmm. Yeah, I like I don't know why, yeah, uh but yeah, um Peter Yates, great director, Friends of Eddie Coyle, uh watched that recently. Um He also did The Hot Rock, a movie from the seventies that not a lot of people saw, but it gets it's referenced a lot. I know the Safties like I think um said it was an influence on uh, Uncut Gems. Mm. But yeah, um but I I've still been watching um Nathan. That's what I wanted to talk to you about uh mm, mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah. Must, yeah, see, I've been watching that. Yeah. Yeah, so you started watching the rehearsal. Mhm. Uh yeah, what do you think? Um yeah, I I like it so far. Um I think mm. I did 
the worst possible viewing uh, mm-hmm. that you could do of that that show. Um, maybe not the worst possible viewing. Like I, I'm, I'm sure like sitting down in one in one go is uh, mm-hmm. probably the worst one. But I, I I almost binged it. I watched a couple. Like I watched like three episodes one day, and then like the other two the next. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that show is not like. I, I like the show. Like, I'm not trying to crap yeah. on it or anything. But like that show is not like the genius masterpiece when you binge it. I think mm. it probably was week to week. Because like mm. when you watch it week to week, you kind of like have time to decompress and think about it, yeah. you know? And um and that's not a dig on, you know, the rehearsal at all, because that's how it was meant to be viewed. That's how it came out. You know, it's meant to be viewed week yeah. to week. Um and so like when I watched it, I I was a little like upset like when he started hyper focusing on like the one rehearsal. I'm not gonna spoil anything because it's like a really new show. But like when he started hyper focusing on the one rehearsal and it was like kind of to the detriment of like any new rehearsals. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought that was uh that was kind of bad. But I do or not bad, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I, I liked it because I feel like it, um, because it, it kind of there's this like arc of him like kind of making the whole show about himself, you know, um, which yeah. I think was like the intention from the outset, you know, like I think they always wanted to, yeah, have it be more about like him and like he is really the star of the show and uh, you know, all the other rehearsals and stuff. Yeah, I like, um, you know, they're they're like to varying degrees of like success. I think, but like mm-hmm. overall, like I don't know. I, I like I like the narrative that he's building, and yeah, watching it to week to week was fun because like you know, there's the one episode with the guy, uh, the numerology guy, and like when that, yeah, that episode dropped, like that whole next week, like people found his like social media, and he was like, it was all this like Instagram videos of him saying the same shit he said in the show, and like um, yeah, I remember like even last week the one of the the girl who was like in all the ep- a bunch of episodes uh i again this is not really a spoiler because it doesn't make sense out of context but uh i just saw a headline where uh she was saying that uh <laughs> she like clarified that she only liked apocalypto because of the action like she didn't like it because of mel gibson which uh if you know about her and her character or whatever you know if you know about her in this show uh that doesn't sound like you know there's there's probably other reasons why she's a mel gibson fan i'll just put it that way uh that was so funny yeah i was like she'd fit right in on like film twitter you're right like mm-hmm. definitely like mel gibson's a great director it's like yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a film twitter like reclamation um i, I do think like i have to say you know because um i don't think we're, we're gonna do an episode on on the rehearsal we might down the line sometime but yeah i do have to say that like um, I think like a lot of the criticism, like it's fair to criticize, right? Yeah. Obviously the rehearsal, like for, you know, it's fair to say like, okay, well maybe like this is exploitative or whatever, but like, I don't think like my viewpoint of it is like, I think people bring their own kind of baggage to that yeah. view because, um, what's happening is that, uh, at least from, from what it seems like is happening and from stories and from people finding that guys like, you know, Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Uh, 
Nathan simply like he's simply like recording, right? He's like recording yeah. them and like kind of wetting them, and he's obviously like editing it. It's not like non sure. Yeah, it, it, but, it's definitely manipulated, and uh, you could say like a uh, like uh, contrived to a degree, right? Like right, it, he's, it, he's it, like it's, he's it's condensing so... he's condensing the people like into this very specific yeah. point, but also like that is like the people like from mm-hmm. like like I said from from people who found. Like yeah. they're, you know, their social media, they're like, oh yeah, the, these people actually act like this, you know, like in real life. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He's not life. making them, he's not making them seem to be their people they're not. Like they are, that is shit that they said, you know? Right. Which isn't necessarily like exploitative because like no. if you just point a camera at someone and let them babble for long enough, like, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're just essentially documenting at that point, like these people. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is like, if you have a problem with those people exist, like, like, I, I think you're kind of, you're not telling on yourself, but you yeah. are kind of telling on yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you're, you feel uncomfortable around those, yeah. like seeing those people represented. Right. Like I, I think, um, uh-huh. for sure. I mean, it is uncomfortable, right. Cause like these mm-hmm. people, I think we recognize, you know, I think people recognize themselves in these people too. Cause yeah. like, I would have to say like, you know, like 98, percent of people are probably one of these people in the rehearsal or like you know or they have traits like the people in the rehearsals you know Mm, yeah yeah you you would you would think like if you got this opportunity you wouldn't be like that but no one you would 100 percent be like that and like we all would yeah the scary part is we'd probably be worse you know (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like totally I, i i agree and i think like another part of it is that people it's so hard to like categorize and like label what he does right like i wouldn't call the rehearsal like a documentary or like reality tv like it's not like a sitcom obviously but it is comedy in in some sort but it's also many other things right i think like whenever you have someone like that who's like hard to define and put in a box i think people like a lot of people is like immediate reaction is just to get frustrated and like shit on it or whatever. But like, you know, I I think what he does is like really valuable. Like there's no one else doing it. It is like something original. And like, like I said, yeah, it is contrived and edited to degree, but like ultimately I think like what he does, I think like he he does a great job of capturing these like weird little moments, like these, like just weird little like portraits of like, people like i you know people not necessarily their lives or their psyches just like he just captures these little moments and like i think the moment the moments and like the emotions they make you feel and the things they make you think are like very real right like ultimately Mm -hmm. and like um yeah so i feel like that and, and like that's so cool and like valuable and stuff and i i like really respect it like as an artist like uh but like also i just like you know like a lot of these people are really frustrating and annoying and like the saddest thing is that like there are so many ladies like that lady you know thinking everything's satanic and like yeah. you know you already know all her political view. you know she, you know she you know she don't have vaccine you know like i mean come on like she's one of those like whatever but like it's crazy it, i think people get frustrated because they realize they know how many people there are like that in the world and like yeah, it's really sure it's really depressing but um <clears throat> but yeah then also like um yeah, I think like um 
ultimately like he's made me think differently about people like as mad well, as, some think... of, as mad as some of these people make me like they ultimately i i like feel like i hate people less because of his shows because i'm like oh because like everyone is really kind of broken and fucked up like which is like yeah. kind of sounds cliche but like to see it the way that he portrays it i think is very like original and i have to say like it's pretty self-deprecating too because mm. I, I feel like nathan fielder is also like fucked up too like i like i don't i don't see any of like these because like he'll make fun of him and he's got like Mm -hmm. comedic like charm or whatever but he is like kind of you know um a little like he seems like he's a little on the spectrum when he like interacts with people right like yeah he's super awkward which i've heard he he like that's not a put on that's really how he is and he talked in an interview there's a clip of an interview he did in canada like a decade ago where he talks about it comes from like his mom is really good at uh, she's a really good conversationalist um mm-hmm. and he's like and i noticed that when i like you know i'm not trying to be weird i'm not trying to be funny but i just noticed that like you know he's like i'm not good at having conversations and, and when i try i just notice people laughed and there's something about me doing it on camera that just makes people laugh so it's like it's not a put on but he is definitely self-aware of it you know yeah, for sure. And I think, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, one of the things about the rehearsal is that he, like, because, like, one of the revealing things is uh, when he did Nathan for you, he would, like, rehearse, right? Like, he said, yeah. like, he would, and that's pretty fucked up and weird, right? <laughs> like, that's a weird thing to do. Like, that's as weird as, like, her viewpoints, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, it, like, quote unquote weird, you know, what is, like, normal, I guess. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I think, like, um, yes that's kind of like my thoughts on the on the rehearsal is just that like yeah it's um it's good it's it's uh it's really funny i i was like i was like texting you about it like wild and out being like holy shit like these guys like these people (laughs) because like these are real people you know what i mean yeah yeah that's the thing is like because you don't see them you know like weird like christian numerology guy was like incredible because i was like oh my god because like he goes over me bro step to me bro yeah, he, he's like, God bless you, bro. You know, it's yeah. like, okay. De- <laughs> like, is, he called him a demon? <laughs> yeah. He, he said his demons, or he can't fight yeah. his demons or whatever, yeah. And he kept um, talking about all these, all these different numbers, you know? He's like, oh, yeah, that's a number in the Bible. It's like, okay, man. Yeah, like... Yeah, crash a scion, dude, in 100. Yeah, it's so good. Um, <clears throat> I will say, like, I know, you, like, I'm... Um, you don't have to go back and watch every episode, Nathan, but of Nathan for you. But I will say, uh, everyone, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's probably enough. You get the idea. But like, the, I will say, everyone should definitely watch the two-part finale, Finding Francis. Again, it's a two-part finale of the show, but it's kind of like its own movie thing. Uh, and uh, I'll set up the general premise. It's like there is a guy in his show who, on one episode, played like a Bill Gates impersonator and. They kind of like grew close, and uh, he would always tell Nathan the story about this, like w- his like lost love or whatever. Uh, and then it just kind of goes from there. Uh, <clears throat> and I highly recommend that. It's one of the m- most amazing things I've ever seen. I laughed and I cried at the end. It's uh, really cool. But uh, yeah, so everyone, uh, go see Nathan for you on HBO. I think t- tomorrow's a new episode. Uh, I think you'll feel like you'll you'll like watch it and be like, oh, cool. Like you have the whole week. You'll be a part of the discourse. It'll be fun yeah um with that said let's get into our double feature uh this week it's penelope sphere slash heavy metal uh these are my picks um basically matt right after our uh sofia coppola episode you mentioned that um 
you had never seen Wayne's World, and because we're talking, I think in the group chat we're talking about like the best SNL movies. Um, and yeah, this was one. This was one of the VHSs for me growing up that I saw a bunch of times. Saw the second movie in theaters. Uh, I think I saw the first one too, but I can't quite remember because I was pretty young. Um, but yeah, I saw this movie a ton of times growing up. Like the quotes just became like part of my vernacular. Like uh, it was a huge movie, but then like I immediately remembered that like. Not only was it directed by Penelope Spheres, but she also directed the other movie uh, we're doing today, uh, the trilogy of movies. And uh, so she basically did that movie, and that's what got her this movie. So I was like, oh, it's a like easy-made double feature. Uh, she's a female director. We can get another one of those in there. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, as we did, we've did like 20 male directors in a row, whatever. Like, uh, uh, got to, like, you know represent the ladies <laughs> uh uh for equality purposes um not be pigs you know trying i'm trying here okay um but yeah and then also like um you know i just thought it would be like light fun like these are both breezy 90 minute movies so if you hate them like not that much of an investment we've been doing some pretty heavy shit on the podcast recently you know thought it would be f- like <clears throat> the first movie especially i thought is like i've always wanted to like watch this with a friend and like make fun of it because i just think it's the stupidest movie i've ever seen uh but yeah yeah uh so with that let's get to our first film uh the decline of western civilization part two the metal years from 1988 directed by penelope spheris it's uh is this our first documentary it is our first documentary okay so that's good i want to get a documentary in there too um so yeah uh basically Penelope Spheris in the late 70s directed uh, the original Decline of Western Civilization, which was about the punk scene in L.A. And it had like pre-Black Flag or pre-Prin-Rollins Black Flag in it. There were like uh, X is a big part of it. The germs. It's really great, like a piece of like rock history. If you're into like punk or whatever, like it's definitely a movie that people should go watch. Um, This one, the second one. like so basically like i was like it was like the early 2000s maybe and like i was like just put it on vh1 class classic randomly and like this movie was playing and i had never heard of it i never like didn't know anything about it and i just like thought it was the funniest like stupidest shit i'd ever seen and um for years i didn't know what the name of it was um and when i finally figured it out um turns out these movies were like really hard to find for like decades like they were like really really sought after because couldn't find them um they weren't like reprinted they were like you know not put out like you know legally and stuff uh there's a third one um Mm -hmm. the third one is actually like a really good like kind of you know study of like youth of the the third one is like about crust punks in the 90s which is like a totally like forgotten subgenre of like person but like it's all of these like young kids who live on the streets of hollywood and um they're punks and they're like you know dirty and um it's kind of heartbreaking because like a lot of those kids you know some of them like you, you can like look it up and see like how they ended up uh but yeah that one's really good that one's like probably the most serious one probably the best one out of all of them i would say um there was actually a fourth one that they shot but they didn't release i think about and i think it was about new metal i believe um i would have loved to have seen that um 
man, that would have been great. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, basically, she directs this movie. Uh, this gets her Wayne's World. This gets you know, this gets her uh, the job for the, her next for the next movie we're gonna do. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I know you're not a music guy, but like I said, this is just like a very funny snapshot of just like a very stupid subculture just like some of the dumbest like most like sexist guys you'll ever see just like being total pigs like uh supposedly this movie was like part of the reason that like that whole scene died was because people were so disgusted at like what pieces of shit these guys were and like you know, yeah. I'm sure a lot of these guys like <clears throat> regret it. Like Ricky Ratman, who's in this movie, uh, <clears throat> co-owner of the uh, of the the cat lounge or whatever, or whatever the, uh, the the strip club, the whatever. But uh, yes, like the, uh, he was like a big presence on like VH1 in like the late '90s or early 2000s, and he was like a you know he was like the clean cut metal guy who was hosting all these shows, but he had this like dark past as like a you know, this, like, total fucking, like, scumbag, basically, you know? But, like, that's not, like, to say that he was, like, specifically bad. It was just everyone was just fucking like that. Yeah, and this movie is, uh, I don't know, I think it's a great, like, portrait of excess and um, stupidity and, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, you know, there's a lot of quotables and stuff. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I don't know, like, it, it's a documentary, so then you know it's like automatically yeah. like I'm not super into documentaries, mm. um, and it's about music, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't rate it at all. Yeah, I don't feel like I can give a good rating because like it's literally just not anything I like. Mm. You know, I like uh, I like Metallica. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't. They're not in this though. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like you said. I was like when I looked it up, um, they the, like when I looked up the the trilogy. This was the first one that popped up, so I thought maybe this yeah, one was yeah. the more well known or maybe the better of the mm-hmm. three. Um, yeah, the part two. Like when you type in the decline of Western civilization, it's like part yeah. two is like the first one that pops up in Google, and it's uh, the first Wikipedia page that pops up as well. Um, but yeah, I, I was reading that too, that, that this could have like the, the scene, like a lot of people say that this movie is what killed the scene because like the portrayal of, you know, and also there's some controversy surrounding this movie. Uh, Um, so one of the controversies was like, I think she showed, um, who was it? Uh, Ozzy, I think she showed Osborne like he was like she shows like a a part of like it's supposed to be him withdrawing and like that's not what happened like and then she came out and said yeah that's not what happened I that footage is like doctored so she's she's admitted to like yeah like faking or staging stuff um yeah which is not it probably happens a lot in documentary yeah yeah. not not what you want. To be known for for your documentary, you know, like yeah. if you're trying to document these guys, you know, it's pretty pretty scummy to try and doctor some shit. Um, there's yeah, like it's... a there's a bit with like a one of the guitars from Wasp, I think. Um, and he's just like really like fucked up on vodka, and he's just like pouring it on his face, and he's in the pool or whatever, and his like mom is like chilling near him. Chris Holmes of Wasp, yeah, 
Um, that was kind of like controversial because he was like, you know, he was clearly like fucked up uh, and like not in a good place. Um, still alive though, so that's good. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. I forgot. I guess that you hated documentaries. Um, I'll keep that in mind next time. I love documentaries. Yeah, I think because like, especially with this movie, it's like you know you see like people make the jokes or the references or like oh they'll do like a 80s movie and it's like it's like a person born in the 2000s idea of what the 80s was you know what i mean like oh it's like a costume designer like making an 80s wardrobe so like the fact that this is just like kind of a raw snapshot of like the time like as it was you know good or bad and just like seeing these people you know like it's like it's like do these people even exist anymore you know like <laughs> like th this was just like you know because you think about it, these are all like people in like their 20s or 30s or whatever but uh this is what just young people were like and stuff it, but it, it just feels so alien to me you know what i mean um yeah a I lot of these like people's like personalities and like voices and faces i'm like ah oh, man like because th they just seem older you know because of that like because of our perspective and stuff but they were like it's weird to think of them as just like young people like 19 20 year olds you know or what's whatever really, what's really funny is that like um something that's like completely foreign i found like then i was like oh yeah this is definitely so like in the music scene um you know, they're, they're, they're discussing, like, they're discussing, like, the men, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, like, like, some of the men are like, oh, yeah, like, I've had sex with girls before so they can, like, pay my rent or whatever. You yeah, know? Like, they're extremely sexist. And the, the guys talk about how they, because they, none of them have jobs. None of them like working. They all just want to be rock stars. And so uh, since they're always tied on cash, they just let women take care of them. Or, like, this one guy said that, like, the rule is you can't come in the house unless you have a bag of groceries. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, there's a bunch of that stuff, but what's, like, alienating, like, to me, I feel like that's, like, completely foreign to to now and, like, to my personal experience and, like, just experiences, like, from my friends and everything, too, is, like, um, the women are still, like, going after these guys, you know? Like, Yeah. It's such well, because weird... they all, all of the women in the film say, like, oh, I think that's pathetic. Like, guys are trash. They're scumbags. But, like, clearly, like, that was the whole thing of this scene. Like, glam. This was, like, I should explain. Like, so, basically, uh, the movie, it's set in the, like, uh, set in the 80s. Um, or I mean, it's a documentary. Like, <laughs> it's documentary from yeah. the late 80s uh but yeah so like basically it documents specifically the la glam metal scene and um glam as the joke went stood for gay la metal <laughs> um basically like in the late 70s in like the uk there was this like whole like like a class of like glam rock bands like led by t-rex and mark bolin and you know, there was, like, uh, Sweet, there was all these bands or whatever, and then, like, uh, they were all, like, inspired by Bowie, and they all kind of, like, wore makeup, but it was, like, still the 70s, you know, it was kind of disco, and then, like, you had, like, the New York Dolls in America who, like, did the New York version of that, and kind of, like, you know, they, like, wore women's makeup, and they, like, 
So they like set the foundation for this. And then so in the 80s, like these like L.A. guys like took that thing to its, its extreme and then just like wrote the most like generic pop metal, like inoffensive radio songs. And uh, yeah, it just led to this whole scene on the Sunset Strip of pure debauchery. Uh, Montley Crew has the book, the famous book where they tell all the dark, fucked up stories of all the sex crimes they did um, yeah i was i was actually doing that book um yeah my brother-in-law was like hey like he like he gave it to me like for my one of my birthdays he's like this is the most fucked up book i've ever read and like yeah i didn't really read it <laughs> i was like yeah thanks man they admit to doing some pretty fucked up shit uh but yeah no it's like it's pretty fascinating i mean because like 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 I said, it's just it's it it is so alien. It, it is such like a different time. Like there's that pervy well, old man like, I, I, who I have owns to the like, rock club. I do have to like say this though about like the movie itself and like just the fact that like the documentary. It's like literally like, and I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. It's like literally if you were to like go to a different planet and film like alien life, you know? Yeah, like, I yeah. Could, like, I kind of understand what's happening, you know, just through the visuals and stuff. But, like, I don't get it, at, like, at all. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because it's a, it's a documentary, it's about it's about music. I, you know, not, like I said, I'm not a big music guy. Um, you know, it's about, like, a particular scene. It's a snapshot in history um, that I just don't, I can't relate to. You know, like, like I yeah. literally have, like, I was, like, I can't find any, like, through line, like, even if they're like, the, like the passion for the music, I'm like, why are you guys so passionate? Like, yeah, it, of the shittiest music. No, I totally understand that. But yeah, I don't, I don't. I think that's the difference. It's like I don't have to like relate to these people or like necessarily empathize. No, with saying, I, I just, I, I find relate. it like, I find it like fascinating just to like. I'm not saying relate like, to them. I'm yeah. saying like literally like like latch on because like I know you like music and everything. Mm-hmm. And so when you watch this, you go, okay, this is like a crazy music scene, right? But like for me, it's just like these are a bunch of like lunatics. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I'm like, why are you guys so invested in this thing? It's such a weird, like, yeah. well, like, I, even, I, like even if you don't like the music, like you can, you go, oh man, like I've listened to this song and it's changed my life. And, and you have that experience. I don't really have that, that experience. Yeah. Um, well, you should listen to music. It's pretty good. Um, it's okay. Yeah, no, it, like, uh, been around for millennium. But, like, yeah, I mean, like, like I, I find these people just, like, fascinating from, like, a totally, like, zoological perspective. Like, they're just, like, because they are invested in the shittiest music. And, like, yeah. there's also the knowledge that in, like, less than three years, this all gets wiped away. Like, all of this gets, like completely you know thrown in the trash with nirvana you know like after grunge like all this shit just fucking died this whole scene died and like so i don't know i find it like because like there's all these there's this like my favorite part of the movie is when they like ask all the bands like or all the musicians like what are you gonna do if you don't make it and they all have the same like answer of like ah oh, i am gonna make it but i am gonna make it i can't even entertain that question you know and like they like uniformly all have this same answer of like oh i can't even fathom not making it and like <clears throat> no there's like this dramatic irony in knowing that so many of those people did not make it you know yeah uh, and uh 
yeah, like I said, I also smoke a lot of weed, so maybe I just have a different experience watching. Because, like I said, I just like, like I said, I find these people. It's like the same thing with Nathan. Like I find these people fascinating, uh, totally alien and stuff. But it's like, yeah, this is like this is what young people were like at one point. You know, like this yeah, is what the world like... was like. Like, you, you, like <clears throat> it's like this is what it was like, and this is what 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 now is gonna feel like one day. Like, I don't know, like, like, Mm -hmm. again, I I, I think about it more, like I said, more on like a level of just like, time and just like, capturing what because like I said, I think it's so hard to put people in a context of like, what it was actually like to live in a place in a time, right? And like, it's so hard to, you know, I think that's like one of the great challenges of like narrative filmmaking is like, creating a world that feels authentic and that feels like i think a lot of these movies especially recently there's a lot of like period pieces that i feel like aren't going to age well because they just feel like inauthentic to the time and so yeah like i said with this i think you know like i said even if you hate it i think like it's important to go back and watch it like this just to like be like like again just to like have some context for uh well i I just want to say like i think it's different i think it's important distinction is that i don't hate it it's like this sounds really mean, but like, I'm not, it's like, don't take this the wrong way. And like, I hope people who like this movie don't take this the wrong way. Um, it's like nothing. Like, it's like literally nothing to me. Right. Like, it's not, it's not like, it's not like a a bad thing. It's like, when I started watching it, I was like, okay, like this is like this documentary. Right. And I was like watching it and I was just like, like I said, it's kind of like, uh, someone took a, a camera to an alien planet and started filming like algae growing. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It didn't like entertain me or like you engage be interested me. Interested in in watching an alien planet? I like that. That's the difference. I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's just like I, I I wasn't. You know, and that's that's kind of like my my final thoughts. Was I was just like okay, <sighs> just watch. You know, I was like <laughs> just I watched it and you know it didn't change me in any profound way or anything. Well, you heard it here, everyone. Matt hates documentaries. Uh, add him on Twitter. Hit him up on the, the DM. Let him know how you feel. Yeah, I'm um, not really a fan. Like, it's kind of weird that, like, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's like a person who doesn't like nonfiction, you know, which I do. I like nonfiction. I'm just saying, like, um, that's how I am with my movie taste. I'm not, I've never been a huge documentary guy. Yeah, I've seen documentaries. <clears throat> Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like, I, I mean, like I said, yeah, <clears throat> we haven't done a documentary. We, we have to do, we had to do one eventually. Uh, so, yeah, you, could, for sure. so you could at least tell people uh, why you don't want why you don't why we're not, why we, if, if we never do a, another documentary <laughs> and if anyone asks we'll say, go back if, and listen you, to that, that episode. If you recommend another documentary, I'll watch another documentary, but like, just know this like movie flex double features listeners. I will never, recommend a documentary i'm sorry <laughs> like i will just never recommend ones well, every hey, time if... I, every time i've watched like l- let me just clear the air here every time i've watched a documentary i've never like been like wow or like you know like walked out of it a changed person you know <laughs> i've just been like okay <laughs> uh he needs help guys i'm trying my best um no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, whatever, man. Different strokes for different folks. But uh, yeah, like I said, you know, um, we did a documentary. So if anyone asks us why we do, don't do documentaries, um, this is why. Uh, we'll tell them to listen to this episode. Um, 
but yeah when we get back hopefully a more engaging film something that brought your interest uh a little bit maybe um i don't know who knows folks we'll see when we get back on the other side of the podcast see you later second half of the pod uh our next film again penelope spheris 1992's wayne's world based on the snl sketch uh, many people say this is like the best snl movie uh like i said i saw it a million times growing up um it's a very like fun movie to watch i think it's very quotable uh mike myers was apparently a total dick on this movie like on the set of making it um there's beef between him and dane and carvey because like uh so like the dr evil character like his voice is basically a lauren michaels impression and dana carvey is the one who like originated doing like a lauren michaels impression so uh there was kind of a rift but uh thankfully they put that all behind them so they could uh collaborate once again for an uber eats ad <laughs> um a couple of years ago <laughs> which was the most fucked up and depressing and shittiest thing i've ever seen and it made me uh fear my mortality that much more matt what'd you think about this movie oh okay um <laughs> wow uh yeah i i uh really really liked this movie um yeah i gave it three and a half stars important important distinction Sure. It's a three and a half star movie. Really liked it. So like, no, yeah, I say that all the time. Like, there's there's a lot of yeah, because I would put that. I like I said, this movie has a lot of nostalgia for me, so I put it at about four, four stars. But yeah, I'd agree it's a three and a half star. Uh, like, if you did it, like I said, if you didn't grow up like quoting this movie all the time, like, um, I, I want to clarify, like, you know, I, I'm I'm being a little self deprecating because like I am like, like. I am very hesitant to recommend comedies, right? Like in general, I, I, that's why like, we don't really do them on the pod Uh, again. Like, you know, we don't do documentaries, but like comedies, like I said, they're like so subjective. Like there's so many comedies that like, I feel like I love, but if I recommended them to someone and they said that, like, um, they didn't like it, I would be like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can't, comedies are just, that's just they're so personal no for sure i i think like because everyone's like comedy is one of those things that's so subjective like there's no yeah. rule book to comedy you can't make a rule book to comedy because like one thing that makes people laugh like would be stupid to other people you know so like yeah i i can see definitely like a fear in recommending wayne's world um because like it does seem like a lot of like like it, it like a, a humor that that could make you laugh or could make you roll your eyes you know like it's very like subjective in that way i found it 
quite hilarious. All right, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I was I, really nervous, dude, because like, like I get if you don't like documentaries, like I said, I'm glad we did one though, just so we could like get it over with and like you know. I guess I forgot that you didn't like them, but like, like I said, now we can tell people why, you know, like no more documentaries, but like, uh, we did try one, we did try, but yeah, I'm really glad you like this. Cause like I said, I'm so nervous when it comes to comedies because like, th- this is also like a 30 year old movie at this point. Like, yeah. you know, there's like some dated reference. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, like I, again, I can't watch it with like new eyes. Cause I, you know, I, I've seen it so many times, but um, I was like fascinated by it because like, the movie does feel like this like almost cultural artifact mm. where it's like a movie based off of like SNL characters, which probably won't happen that much anymore. You know, yeah. I know it still does happen, but like, it's a very rare thing. Mm-hmm. Like it has like SNL's got this like cultural power, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that time to where it that can happen. Um, what's hilarious too is like, Every time, and this is crazy, like, I date movies a certain way yeah, when, yeah. like, because, like, Donna from Twin Peaks is in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, every time I see her, I'm like, this is a nice movie. Like, you know, like, it's yeah, it's a weird, like, cultural, like, because I don't, I've never, like, until I watched Twin Peaks, I didn't see her in a lot of stuff, you know? Lord so, like, every time oil. I see, yeah, so every time I see her, I'm like, oh, yeah, there she is, like. Yeah, Iria, um, I I remember her from The Practice, which, like, I wasn't, like, a practice head when I was a kid. I just remember being like, oh, man, she's hot. Because then after that, after she got famous on The Practice, or she was already famous, but after she got, like, really big on The Practice, she started dating Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Uh, Funny, fun, fun little facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Laura Flynn Boyle, love her, though. She's amazing. Um, But, yeah, there was this whole thing where she dated, like, he was like 50 years older than her and she dated Jack Nicholson. Um rare rare fact of the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> um That's Yeah, but I find this I found this movie really funny. Like I I, I laughed like the the I, I was a little worried cuz like the beginning of the movie was them doing the the cable access show and I didn't yeah. find that funny. I knew the, the the iconic scene. Everyone knows the iconic scene with the you know, a queen yeah. where they're banging their head in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, Oh no, I really hope this isn't the entire movie when they're just doing the Wayne's world. Wayne's yeah, yeah. Stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's this sucks. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, there's a plot. Yeah. We should say this movie is based on the Wayne's world sketch. It's pair of friends, Wayne and Garth. They live in Aurora, Illinois. They have a cable access show. They love heavy metal. This movie specifically is about, uh, like, uh benjamin um rob lowe's character a guy who comes in and he's like uh he's working for noah's arcade like this uh like arcade company or whatever this local arcade and basically he like tries like exploit the cable show and like he buys it so that they can put the noah's arcade owner on there and like promote his product uh but he's really trying to like fuck wayne over and steal his girlfriend played by tia carrera who like I remember thinking she was so hot as a kid. She like is a singer, heavy leader, lead singer of a heavy metal band, and um, she, her and Wayne like start to fall in love. But Benjamin trying to like, you know, steal her. And Rob Lowe, this was big for Rob Lowe because like uh, a lot of people, just again, this is like a lot of forgotten lore. But like in the eighties, Rob Lowe was huge. He was part of the Brad Pack. He was in like Saint Elmo's Fire and all that. And then he had this like 
sex tape scandal where he was with like an underage girl or something and mm. it was like huge like bad for his mm. career and then this was kind of like part of his comeback and then he does this he does like um wayne's world or he does austin powers and then uh yeah and then he does like parks and rec and stuff and now like no one even remembers no one care i mean i hope the zoomers don't find out and cancel him <laughs> um but uh yeah rob Lowe, fan of the nfl yeah um that's unfortunate <laughs> that's very unfortunate um yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry so, to bring the, that up, but it's just like again, this is because this was his comeback movie. They, like, there's context right. for this. He was also in a, I, th- I believe, Black Sheep, uh, another Lauren Michaels SNL movie. Can, not not well, yet. I, I gotta say that, like, yeah, this movie, like, it's really funny. It really picks up, like, in the diner scene mm. um, when they go to that diner, and that guy's like <laughs> the the. The, bar, uh, the 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 waiter or whatever like the counter oh, guy dude, yeah oh, he's one like of the great one of the great like someone actually had a big viral tweet about it this week uh but yeah one of the great cameos of all time ed o'neill from all um from uh married with children um so funny <laughs> he's like i think the exact line i remembered it and i, I was like die, i was like dying laughing was the uh the um why he's like why when you kill a man in battle is it called heroic but yeah when you do it outside it's called murder <laughs> yeah he goes he goes why is it when you kill a man in battle it's considered heroic but when you kill a man in the heat of passion it's considered murder yeah and then uh, uh he goes like uh you know if you stab a man in the cold of winter steam rises from his wound Native Americans thought it was the soul leaving the body. <laughs> and then the guy's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's the best. That's the best part of the movie for me. Uh, yeah, then, he's yeah. incredible. He needs coming back. It's a great, yeah. it's a great, uh, great fit. He goes like, yeah, I got my pink slip today. He's like, nah, you know what I'd like to do about it? He goes, he likes to find the man who did this and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> He's very into murder. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, oh, I thought. Uh, I thought of. Uh, he. Oh, he's like. You know what I like? Yeah, I like to fight a guy that his rib is still being hard of his chest and hold in front of his face so we can see his see how black it is before he dies. <laughs> he's like, actually, I was thinking of filing a grievance with the union. <laughs> um. Yeah. This. That's incredible. And then, like, just like. You know, all like a lot of the jokes are really, I think, well like executed, and because like I had seen, you know, I had seen the um, scene before where he's like, "Wow, that's shameless," and he holds up like yeah. the Pizza Hut thing, like yeah, yeah. Stuff. I just think and people do things for the money now, and it's really sad. <laughs> I was fucking dying when Garth yeah. had the uh, Adidas <laughs> shit on. <laughs> he's yeah, just yeah. like pulling that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. But no, yeah, this movie has like a good he's, plot. He's, like, he's like, don't you cool off? He's like, yeah, all the kids are drinking it now. He like cracks t- 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 and drinks it. Hey, it's the taste of a new generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Garth has the best quotables in the movie. Uh, played by Dana Carvey, SNL legend. Uh, but yeah, he when he, uh, my favorite lines at the beginning when like the guys uh, they have a guy on their show who has an invention called the suck it, and it's a vacuum that like cuts your hair. <laughs> And he's like, yeah. When he's like, when he has like the 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 vacuums like sucking up his hair, and he's like, it's sucking my will to live. <laughs> uh, I like, yeah. Um, 
honestly, the the thing about comedy is, is that you have to do is you just have to talk about all the best bits, you know? Like, yeah. that's what we've, like, f- fallen into our high school, you know, <laughs> selves about, like, oh, remember, this part's so funny, and we're, like, laughing collectively. The best... my fa- that's my favorite thing to do with movies. I've been in multiple Discord conversations where I've just, like, sat there and just, like, started quoting Austin Powers with people. I fucking did that this week. Me and my friend were just, like, I don't know why it came up, but, yeah, Austin Powers is, uh, <laughs> that's another keystone for me. Yeah, Austin Powers is great, but, like, oh, my God, the Lassie bit was so funny. Yeah. When Lassie comes in, she's got his hair. He's like, what is it, girl? Mm. He's like, what? Like, mm. Wayne needs our help. He's in trouble, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. And, she, uh, and the, the Lassie dog's got his hairstyle. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, the dream girl in this movie is played by Dan Aykroyd's wife. Um, the dream girl? Yeah, she was married to Dan Aykroyd. Oh, 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 gotcha. Yes. Mm. The, yeah. Uh, his yeah, literally, her name is the dream girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes they want you to. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Garth has the best lines in the movie. Uh, the thing, the thing about where he's like a. Uh, did you ever think it was hot when Bugs Bunny would dress like a girl? <laughs> it's like it's so like a, such a like a weirdly specific thing, and like this is like yeah. definitely a movie where it's like you can tell it was like written in the nineties because it's like it's that Gen X thing of like fo- like obsessing about sixties TV, you know, like yeah, that was like I, I uh, mean, that's like one also has like topical humor because like yeah the the. T2, like the guy who plays the, the T1000 comes up, you know? Yeah. And that's like, that. I, I was like, oh my God, no way. Like, you know, yeah, I, it's I, actually I like, him. Yeah, I like Soy Face so hard. It was like a Marvel cameo <laughs> for me. I was like, oh my, because like T2's a huge, like yeah. young, young Matthew uh, yeah. movie. So that was the one that I watched like all the time as a kid. Um, yeah, T2's probably the, I would say it's probably like the best action movie of all time. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I almost. It's almost maybe. The it's, it's top. Oh but, yeah, 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 for sure. But T two is like a very close. Yeah, second. It's, it's the a, most it's, like traditional. I'd say like tr- it's more traditionally whatever. Yeah, yeah but um, but yeah, it's it's incredible. Like the he's like, have you seen his boy? And then he's like, oh yeah. fuck, and like peels yeah. out. <laughs> he's like, oh shit. Yeah, there's a lot of like good um look at the camera bits mm-hmm. uh. For the movie um it doesn't seem like now like that type of stuff is very cringe you know yeah um so for like we talked about and like the things we've been watching but i forgot to mention yeah i did watch actually episode one of she hulk and that has like mm. some look at the camera oh, moments shit. that are very bad okay i'm gonna watch that tonight uh but that uh, makes sense i am i know a hundred i haven't even seen it but i I know why they did that uh is because i believe they someone said the show is inspired by fleabag uh the katie waller bridge show which if you've never seen it is brilliant um there's only Mm -hmm. two episodes there's only two seasons they're only like six episodes each so it's really you could watch it in, in like a day like uh I've heard Fleabag like, was good. I've seen a couple of, like... Yeah, it, it's, like, it originated on stage, so it's definitely well-written, because she, like, had time to, like, work that out, but, like, um... So, yeah, I definitely... Fleabag's a recommend. I want to go back and rewatch it. Like I said, it's so easy and quick to watch. Um, but uh, that definitely makes sense, because the whole thing in Fleabag is she does, like, a fourth wall-breaking thing. I know, which, like, I know I she, like, as a character does, like, in the comics, mm-hmm. but, like... 
I've heard that. I've never read like a She-Hulk comic. I know who she is, but like, yeah, um, yeah. I I also like just you know just really quick. Uh, yeah, it's very. Stri- I said this in the group chat. It's very striking how bad. Like the CGI is better than it looks in the promos, but yeah. it's striking at how bad it actually is. Like compared to the Hulk model, because like there's the She-Hulk and the Hulk model next to each other. It's like very, yeah, like. You know, because I've had time and a lot of money to work on the Hulk model. But, like, anyway, uh, I digress. There's fourth wall break. Whereas, like, in Wayne's world, like, that's one of the, the main jokes is the camera kind of thing. Like, he, he, like, drops. He's like, oh, no, like, I yeah. dropped my pen. Let me bend down and grab my pen. He's just like, wow, like, this guy, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> he's like talking about a Twilight Zone episode. Like, yeah, like. Again, like that's again, that's fine. Like I know that like that's like still kind of a thing, but like yeah, like referencing like referencing like sixties TV show is such like a nineties Gen Xer thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, we like. I mean, it's kind of like I guess like all the older people who write for like movies and TV shows. Yeah. Um, or like you know who have like a lot of power for creative decisions. Yeah. They typically reference stuff like they remember from their childhood. So. Yeah. Like you said, like in the nineties, it was like stuff from the sixties, mm-hmm. you know, but like now it's like, or I, I guess like eighties nostalgia is gone. You know, it's, it was- it's weird because I, we talked about this in the group chat, like stranger things is like an eighties nostalgia show, but it's made by guys who grew up in like the nineties. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's like a lot of like un tapped like 90s nostalgia like that'll be like the next thing probably early 2000s i think is gonna be we'll be seeing early, that soon early 2000s is definitely coming soon because we've already been yeah. through the 90s nostalgia because the 90s nostalgia was like um the nickelodeon stuff like it, you go to yeah. like a hot topic store and it's nothing but like nickelodeon <laughs> shit but i still think like uh narrative stuff is like stuck in the 80s like there i don't know i think there's like yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of 90s stuff, but yeah, the 2000s stuff is definitely coming up soon. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, something I wanted to say about the other movie, though, is like, I think it's very interesting that, like, the guys portrayed in that movie, like, were, like, they come off as, I mean, they are definitely very sexist, right? But, like, obviously, you know, it's a female director, right? So it's like yeah. a female looking at this scene and maybe it takes a female eye to like realize how like you know fucked up and sexist it is but then in this film it's like a total 180 it's like oh these guys are like and it's not like the same scene right like these aren't la metal guys these are like midwestern like but they're actually both canadian but like they play uh you know midwesterners like just kind of like midwestern metalheads and I think it's interesting. I think there's like a very distinct choice that she made to be like, oh, these are like the kinder, gentler, like metalheads compared to like you know what we saw in the in the documentary. Um, yeah, like, for sure. These guys are very like, likable, and you know. Yeah, they're very like they're kind of like the the town goofballs, you know. Yeah. Um, like even cop is like he, you know, they're just like, wow, yeah, we yeah. smell bacon. He's like, yeah, I know. Like, haha, <laughs> I get it. Bacon, pig, oink, oink. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we we all know, like it's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, people are like genuinely, I think, like on their side. 
mm-hmm. for like the majority of the movie. Like, I don't think there's really besides like Rob Lowe. There's no really like antagonist. There's a what is it? Um, Chris Farley, right? Isn't he in this movie? Um, right, he's he a security. The, he plays the security guard. Yeah, security guard. Yeah, that's incredible. That that bit's incredible. Right, great bit of exposition because they call it out. They're like, wow. That security guard seemed to know a lot of information. And then they like call it back later when they're like, wow, uh, I'm glad that security guard told us all that shit or whatever. Yeah, all stuff earlier. And it's incredible. Like, also, I think he gives it like Chris Farley gives a really pretty, like, funny performance, like, mm-hmm. as a security guard. Cause I love like the way he's walking. He's got his arms like out in front, like he's flexing. Yeah. <laughs> and when he like, when he's like motioning and like doing the like hand motion things, he's very like swift and like. Mar- Farley was great, like, cause like he was a fat guy, but he was extremely athletic, right? Uh, I, I maybe not extremely, but like he was, you know, he could flip, he could do pratfalls, he could like, you know, he had like great like control of his body. He was like a football player. Uh, yeah, that's what that. Just that's what I heard. Guy. That's what I heard because they said that he would like he could run up and like they would say, oh yeah, this guy could like run up and down the aisles like screaming. And wouldn't yeah. be out of breath, and like I, he's like I would try and do it like once and die immediately, like you know. Yeah, he was an a- he was an athlete. He was like in a weird way. Uh, his brother Brian Doyle Murphy is in it. He plays the head of Noah's Arcade. <laughs> That's obviously like one of the best bits where like uh, he's like interviewing the guy, and on the back of the cards he's written shit like you know this guy has no testicles or whatever, and like yeah. everyone's laughing, and then his wife's just like, oh, they they really seem to love it in the booth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like there's like uh there's some like music specific stuff, but uh it, like <laughs> there's that great part where like they go visit uh Alice Cooper backstage and like um there's a line in that scene that I use a lot where like like if I'm out with friends and like like if we're like out and hanging out and like someone starts like a boring story, <laughs> I'll be like does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> <laughs> um, always gets a good laugh this was a this was like i love this movie as a kid because like as a young kid like doing bits from this movie like doing swing you know as a kid like yeah. oh my god like that was a guaranteed laugh dude oh my god people you know grown-ups would die you know you'd be like swing <laughs> um it's funny yeah. that like one of the best bits too is like the the talk, talking about swing is like the the, the fact that like um Wayne, right? Like he's trying to get with uh, Tia Carrera's character, mm. and he's like, she's Chinese, I guess, in the movie. She's supposed to be, and like yeah. he starts speaking Cantonese to her, and he's like mm. speaking it like perfectly, you know. And yeah. she's like, "Oh my god, you spoke it to me!" And then like Rob Lowe later on like speaks it, you know. Yeah, and then speaks it like some. I guess he speaks it somehow better, and he's like, "Damn, this guy is good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're learning this woman's language. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. They were the, their friend who, like, they pick him up and he's all fucked up. And the next day they're visiting him at work. And he's like, man, you guys should have been at the gas works last night. And he's like, we were. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, there's something seriously wrong with you. <laughs> yeah I, i've yeah i fucking love that's such a good that's such a good like th- that's the thing like this movie has so many good little like bits like that you know that kind of like keep you going and um like yeah uh if you're gonna spew spew into this i have to say i did briefly m- make music and i i did 
a show in a place in New Mexico called The Gasworks, and the reason it was named that was because the guy who owned it was a huge fan of this movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like, one of the best parts of the film where he's like, uh, he's like, who's playing tonight? And he goes, the Jolly Green Giants and the Shitty Beatles. He's like, are they any good? He's like, they're terrible. He's like, oh, so it's not just a clever name. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I don't know why. Like that line fucking kills me every time. Like uh, a lot of yeah, there's a lot of great, but it's a great comedy. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's like a, you know we need these like three and a half like yeah. star comedies because like the thing is like you don't rate like you can't rate you know like a uh, like you can't rate a com like you can rate a comedy five out of five. But I'm not saying you can't. But like the thing is like we need these. You can't only have like perfect movies like you need these like mm. really funny good movies yeah, like yeah. it's like it's like a thing that like like we talked about in our prey episode where we're just starved for these like <laughs> yeah. good movie like we're so starved for just like good yeah. movies that you know like prey seems like a fucking godsend you know yeah i mean this movie is definitely fun and it's like it's good vibes it's a fun hangout movie like this is a perfect movie like if you're pre-gaming with your friends on a friday night this is a perfect movie just to, like put on you know and like I, I i hate i have to say obviously we all hate what reddit has done to queen uh but like queen was fucking cool like you know at the time like this i this put the bohemian rhapsody this put it back in the charts like queen at the time like again like to put it in context like freddie mercury had just died they were kind of like not they didn't like they were famous they were well known but like they didn't have the reputation that they did now like right this right this this movie was part of like bringing them back into the into the zeitgeist and putting them back on the charts and then you know like i said freddie mercury was already dead but then there was like suddenly like a reinterest in them and you know it led to the awful awful bohemian rhapsody which i have to say because i know we'll never like this is the closest we'll get to doing bohemian rhapsody but um it's a terrible no, movie <clears throat> awful piece of shit movie but i have to say a little tidbit about that movie that not a lot of people know apparently so terrible movie but it did win best editing right uh, yeah at the oscars uh the reason for this is because supposedly is because uh, if you'll remember, uh, Brian Singer was the <laughs> director of that movie originally, and then Me Too happened, and he went into hiding, and so basically that movie was made without a director, and it was made in editing, um, so the award was given to them because basically they made the movie without a director. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, because I, because it looks that's like, the, that's the, the editing, is, the it's, editing it's, is pretty bad in that there's, movie. it's specifically bad like there's a video that breaks down why it's terrible but the, but again the, the uh but again it's because they were shot without a director so the fact that they even got a movie was the reason and again because it's all insiders voting right so that's the reason why the insiders voted gave them the award supposedly that's what i heard but it's a very interesting fact i think about that movie Interesting. Yeah, that's 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 very interesting. I I know that like I, I saw that with my family, like uh, yeah, you know, and uh, my brothers and sisters, and they were um, very much big Queen people, and they really loved it. My sister got incredibly drunk during the movie because <laughs> we went to we went to a place near near my near my house that has that serves alcohol. <laughs> she bought a yeah, bucket yeah. of beers for herself. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just if on a fucking Thursday, this guy get a fucking lit at like a 6 p.m. showing of Bohemian Rhapsody, and she fucking passes out and starts snoring yeah. during the movie. And I was, she, afterwards, she was like, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's incredible, incredible, uh, nice. incredible Matt, Matt lore there. But, incredible uh, memory, yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, uh. There's a sequel to this movie. Chris Farley's in that. He play. He has a different character. He plays a roadie. Um. The second movie's not as good, but it's still pretty. Like whatever. You know. It's it's good. It's fun. Like. Um. Like I said. Yeah. It doesn't just, have to be the fucking. It doesn't have to be. You know. The Godfather. Oh, yeah. What I was gonna say is like. Uh. If you are a fan of just like three and a half star comedies, there's like I will recommend a movie. Um. There's a Netflix movie from like three years ago, I think, called Coffee and Kareem. And uh, I already can't even say the name without laughing, but uh, which probably isn't a good thing. But like, basically, it's very much like a three star comedy. It's uh, it's Ed Helms is like an uptight white police officer, and uh, he's dating a black woman, and she has like a son who's like, you know, very like outspoken or whatever and so like the movie is like ed helms and the the young black kid like team up and you know it's like a whatever crime story or whatever but it's you know like again it's not shakespeare but like if you're looking for just like a like i watch it with my family and they were like oh yeah this is funny it's cute it's like it it's it's a comedy right like it tries to be a comedy tries to be funny um yeah neighbors not a lot of people saw that that the first one's actually pretty decent um again few and far between it's we're fucking starving man (laughs) we're we're really starving um yeah it sucks man uh yeah because like you said i wish i wish there were just more movies like this where like you could just hang out and watch but like they they, like stopped making them like in the 2000s yeah, well, this one was, like, based on SNL characters, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, but, like, um, which I guess is not, like, because comedies now became this thing where it was, like, we're not going to have, like, movie stars in these comedies. Like, we might have some, but, like, these comedies are going to typically be, like, comedian vehicles. Or, like, I think, honestly, like, that's, I think that's that was kind of, like, the death knell of, like, the mid-budget comedy, mm-hmm. you know, because like, if it, like, like we always say, like, I, I constantly are saying, like, like, like there was like Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, yeah. like comedies that came out like an ungodly amount, right? Like, well, yeah. more than it could be sane. And like, well, well, well um, the thing is, like, those, well, because the thing is, like, basically, what happened was, like, um comedies don't export well right because like comedies are so dependent on like you know the society and culture from which they come they're all about like spoofing society and referencing you know the culture that they come from so like they don't export well right you can't like export a con you can't export like a judd apatow movie to china right like they don't give a fuck about anything and you know in that movie right like so like but marvel you can just like redub it and you know everyone gets like everyone gets action in cgi and basically since like the death of physical media you know um like the studios lost this like huge revenue and that revenue was that like what they were using to fund these like mid-budget like adult like 
American centered um, projects. But then at the same time, another thing that happened was the global box office became bigger than the U.S. box office. So the is this like in the 2010s? So like basically like the studio stopped thinking first about the American consumer and first about the global consumer. So that's why uh-huh. you don't, that's like really why you don't like get any comedies. Cause like even with like the Tiffany Haddish and like Chris, Kevin Hart, it's like, I mean, you look at that, it's like, it literally took the biggest comedian and the biggest action star. Like they were the only guys who could get comedies made. Like, you know, they're not really making comedies. They're not, they're not making like, you know, there's like guys I think of like, uh, from SNL, um, he was on SNL for a long time. He was really funny, um, but uh, there's like there's like a few guys here and there. I'm like, oh, this guy should have been in movies. Like this person should have made a bunch of movies. Or like even like Kristen Wiig. You're like, oh, like she didn't like she made some cool indie movies, but then she like you know she didn't have like a big SNL comedy. You know she had Bridesmaids or whatever, but she didn't like after that she did like Ghostbusters. You know, and it's yeah. like. You know, that's kind of everyone's fate is just to like, you know, we're all going to end up just doing a Ghostbusters movie eventually. Everyone in America will eventually be in a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a social security card. Yeah. thing. It's like you're handed your Ghostbusters ticket. You have to be in a fucking Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, instead of social security, everyone gets like to start a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, our infrastructure's failing. You don't have yeah. health care, right? You can't afford to live anywhere. You're getting price out of every fucking neighborhood, but you get to start a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, everyone gets to be a Ghostbuster. <laughs> it's the Ghostbuster bill. No, it's, yeah, yeah it, it, it's the who you gonna call bill. Yeah, you get to, um, you get to hold the fucking photon torpedoes while yeah. the fucking, while fucking ghost of Bill Murray makes $20 million of fucking CGI in. Look, look, you're not going to get Social Security, but you will have a scene with Slimer. Yeah. No, it's not even Slimer, it's the discount Slimer, it's Gobbler. Yeah, yeah Gobbler, oh, fuck, dude. Oh, man. God, I, like, that's a movie, like, I I know I like trash movies. I watch really bad movies all the time, but you I have to okay, like you've got to watch bad movies, you know. Yeah, right, but Ghostbusters Afterlife might I mean, is that the is that the reboot or the reboot reboot? It's uh Ghostbusters Afterlife is the newest one with uh Paul Rudd. Yeah, I I've seen that one. Okay, yeah, that might make me I don't know, man. I, I I'm not ready for the psychic damage. I will watch it eventually, but uh, that one was weird. I saw that in theaters. Um, yeah. That one was weird. Like, I, like I saw that like the fifth week it was playing in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, AMC stubbed that shit. Um, but yeah, I uh, that one's weird because it's one of those like legacy. It's like things where it's kind of like the the Force Awakens or or whatever, where it's like yeah, yeah, we're just gonna retell the original story, but it's gonna have like it's gonna like acknowledge that the original story happened, but also like it's just the original story again. You know, yeah, yeah, it's not as clever as Wayne's World. It's a a soft reboot, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Wayne's World's got good gas and goose in it. The multiple endings thing was really funny in Wayne's World too. Oh, that was a great bit. Yeah, 
where he's like, oh, let's okay. do the better, let's do the better ending. He's like, let's do the best ending. And they're like, all right. Oh yeah, they do the Scooby Doo ending. Um, one of my favorite bits is when he opens the door and there's all those like guys training. He goes, "Oh, what's this?" He goes, "Nothing. I've just always wanted to open a door to guys doing Navy SEALs training or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> it's a great bit. Um, yeah, a lot of just like like I said, it's a fun movie. Like it's it's just like it's a cool hangout. Like you know, low stakes. Like you know, um, funny. You know, it's just everyone back when they were young and. You know, don't look at the Uber Eats ads. They'll they'll fuck you I'm up still, psychically. I'm still fucking laughing that everyone in America gets to start a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, that was you, great... you get a jumpsuit. <coughs> we'll let you keep the jumpsuit after we film. You get a little toe, a little photon pack. Little, you can't little... keep the photon pack. You can't keep the photon. You can keep the jumpsuit, but you can't keep the photon pack. Yeah, the photon pack has to be <laughs> handed to the next person. Oh, Bill Murray's gonna be in all of them. Yeah, yeah. No, Bill Murray's resurrected court. Yeah, <laughs> pull out the fucking the Hollywood executives finally admitted that they used the fucking Necronomicon to to prolong to prolong their lives. So. They're trading in the souls of the the innocents <laughs> to, yes. to summon Bill Murray to be in this fucking Ghostbusters movie. I, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad they brought Harold Ramis back from the dead, you know? That was nice. Because I'm sure he would have loved Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, he would have been ecstatic, you know, being in, being in the movie. Like, it's crazy because, like, in the beginning, it's kind of like, oh yeah, like your your grandpa or whatever, mm. like he died, and it sucks because I didn't get to know my dad and all this stuff. And then like, mm. like in the beginning, it's kind of like you see, you see like stuff happening, like he's helping them out, and then yeah. just complete spoilers for the Ghostbusters movie. Like everyone's seen it already, but like you see the full ghost, you know. It's like, well, maybe you could have just like. Showing the hands or something, you know? Nah, you, dude, like they, brought him, they brought him, they did Tupac hologram with fucking Harold Ramis. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's a very weird. And then, like, they're all, like, like, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and, um, what's his name? Are, like, tearing up. Yeah. They're all, like, Ernie sad. Hudson. Yeah. They're all, like, sad and, like, tearing up and stuff. It's like, okay. Very poorly done. That would have been, like... Would have been cool is like would have what would have been really base was like if they brought Harold Ramis back and he like he was like a monster and he had sharp teeth and tried to kill him <laughs> and they have to suck him up in the proton in the proton pack. He should have been a Muppet, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Or a creature, or a creature, as with a group chat was discussing last week. <laughs> the difference between the the subtle difference between Jim Henson's Muppets and creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, a Muppet is a very specific thing. Not all, not all. I mean, they're they're like non Muppet Muppets, but they're like yeah, for sure. I'm like, listen, are, listen. If, if Snuffle, Dark Crystal, the Dark Crystal is those are your hints and creatures. They're not Muppets. Listen, if if Snuffleupagus is a Muppet, yes. then the Dark Crystal people are Muppets. No, no, Snuffleupagus that, is fucking terrifying. Uh no, but he's not like he's not a creature though. He's a mup like. But what it's is like my pornography? Whole thing, my whole thing was that the distinction between Muppets 
and puppets is irrelevant. So the distinction between Muppets and creatures is even more irrelevant. Because <laughs> it's a very... That was my whole point. Yeah, like, that's very, true. That's a good point. They're very... Like, like, what defines a Muppet versus a puppet, you know? It's like if Jim Henson's name is on it, then, like, automatically he's breaking his rules. Because the Dark Crystal people, like, even though they're from Creature Workshop, would, would be Muppets. Like, if that was... The, if, like, if they're puppets with Jim Henson's name on it, then they would be Muppets. But, like, they're not. They're creatures. But also... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't know if you're... I don't know if you used to speak on this, man. Are you a, are you a Henson head? Are you a, are you a Jim head? Yeah, Jim head. No, not... not are you, not an, really. are you an Oz boy? No. Bro, it's like... He's a freak Oz. Oh, shit, freak Oz. Damn. Oh, that would have been... That would have made uh, Wayne's World a four, dude. Muppets were in it, you know? Whatever those are. Yeah. Well, again, man, like, you just have to... Li- if you grew up in the culture, you could just recognize it, you know? Like, yeah, gang, gang recognizes gang. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a ethnic thing, you know? Um, by ethnic, I, I mean Muppets. Like, the thing, like, my final thoughts, like, even though we've gone completely off topic, my final thoughts on Wayne's World was that, like... Um, yeah, I, I liked it like a lot. Um, you know, like I said, we do need more of these three and a half star movies. Um, and also I have to say like the difference between like this and like, like, even though, like I said, I don't really like documentaries or whatever, but like Mm -hmm. also the music is kind of like, like secondary to the the plot you know what i yeah, mean like, yeah 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 no I, like, I mean that makes sense yeah because like i can see why like again, there's a like, lot to I, like there's a lot of references and a lot to like outside yeah, of like yeah, yeah. music you know even though they do have like music yeah like, they go backstage to like you said to alice cooper and you know like it's actually alice cooper and he's there like talking and you know, like obviously, music heads are going to be like pretty appreciative of that, and like sure, there's yeah. there's like references and and stuff to that culture, but also it's like about two it's about two guys who host this like yeah public access show. Yeah, the heavy metal thing is just like a interesting setting, but like an you know, interesting world or whatever. But like all of the like funny things, like you know, Dan Makita's donuts and shit, like uh, like that's all just like universal you know like the funniest parts of this movie are all pretty universal and like like there's like a great bit where they're like playing hockey in the street and there's a car they're like having a conversation and the car comes and they're like they like game off and they like take their stuff and like keep having their conversation and then the car leaves and then they are like game on and then they keep having like it's just like little shit like that because like i remember that as a kid like playing football on the streets and then like a car would come and we'd have to pause the game like you know stuff like that or like the the, way they said game on too was was interesting the way they said it it made it sound like um uh like it's it reminded me of um dougie from the return when he's like hello like because they're like yeah 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 come on sorry i just had to derail that yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. And again, you know, Twin Peaks tie. Laura Flynn Boyle is in it. Um, yep. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, of course, like Ed O'Neill, um, uh, who plays Glenn, the guy at Stan Makita's Donuts. Uh, not only did he uh, play Al Bundy, most people probably know him from Modern Family at this point. Um, I have to say, Ed O'Neill, judo champion, knows how to fight. 
bad motherfucker. Uh, think like Train with Bruce Lee or something. Like he's a fucking badass guy. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, he rolls. Love him. He's he's my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite guys of all time. This movie, I have to say, made for twenty million dollars, made a hundred eighty-three million. Like, Oof. I don't know if that's like I'm trying to think of what kind of movie. Like, I don't think they would even make a comedy for twenty million now. No, they probably wouldn't. I don't know. Look up that new movie that just came out. That comedy that literally no one's talking about. Joe Coy Easter Sunday or whatever. Oh, is that like? Did that get a theatrical release? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> there's a guy that I follow who works at like a theater. I think he works at like yeah. a repertory theater because like he talks about like it, he he says like our screen like he he he's con- he's like a projectionist. I think. Yeah, I think um he's kind of referencing the fact that like um like like he, he they only have like a limited number of screens. So I'm pretty sure he's yeah. like works at a repertory theater. But anyway, long story long, um. He was talking about that Joe Coy movie, and he was like, "There's actually like a live Q and A with Joe Coy, and he's like, not a single person has bought a ticket." <laughs> Dude, okay, so uh, well, he's a stand-up comedian, and stand-up is a dead art form. Um, so no, <laughs> fucking no, no sell immediately, right? Like I'm like, all right. Uh, immediately uninterested but it's very interesting that you bring that up uh that movie up because not only um so not only is it a comedy but it had it, T- tia carrera is in it uh, she is indeed yeah so um <laughs> i have to say though uh made for 17 million dollars it's made 11 million so far uh <laughs> So, uh, sign of the times. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to be fun. Like this guy's name is Joseph Glenn and Herbert. Mm. Wow. Oh yeah, he's like, uh, it's like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> whoa. He's he's like he's definitely Asian, but he's like, I guess he changed his name to like play it up to in like a Carlsman C like Carlsman C his name was like Ned Holness, but I think he changed it or something. Like he he was like German and Honduran, but yeah, man, again we get these shysty grifter ass fucking comedian movies. Like, you know, like I, I like is there like is there something like Wayne's World before it was even a movie, like was a popular sketch. Like it tapped into the zeitgeist. And then ultimately delivered with a great movie. But, like, is there anything that, like, even has that potential at this point? Like, because I feel like ultimately what's happened, Dude, I feel last, like. One of the last great comedies, The Nice Guys, will never get, like, yeah. a sequel, you know? Like, that, that, mm. like, that was a sequel, like, the 20, oh. 21, 22 Jump Street. It's, like, a really fucking good. But, yeah, like, yeah. Because, like you said, they don't make comedies anymore. So it's, like, those, those movies, like, they did that 20, they were going to do that twenty. Three Jump Street comedy movie that was yeah. going to be a crossover with the Men in Black franchise, yeah. and then they, then they did that like really shitty like Chris Hemsworth like I, I watched that movie actually, dude. It fucking sucked. Yeah, I never saw it. I just like oh. know that I just know that it's like it was going to be bad because like they fucking handled the Twenty Three Jump Street crossover MIB movie for that. That was the one that they were just like, we're going to make this instead. It's like, okay. Yeah, and it was a fucking bomb. <laughs> and so they're never going to make the good one. But yeah, no, it, it's true, dude. Because like, 
So I think there's a few things. I think there's the whole like physical media thing I was talking about earlier slash like foreign box office thing take over like you know people or studios caring more about like the foreign box office instead of the american box office but i also think like you know like <laughs> we joke but like stand-up is feels very dated like there's uh we talk i think we maybe talked about leslie nielsen um the guy from uh naked gun but he has this interview i think it's on carson or something but he said something that i've never forgot which is that um there's nothing less funny than a guy who's trying to be funny Mm -hmm. and like if you've seen naked gun or airplane that makes total sense because you're like oh yeah he's like he plays everything dead straight and that's why it's funny right and so i I always thought about this because like i was like well you know stand-up is literally a guy standing up in front of you with a microphone like just trying desperately most of the time to just get you to laugh you know and like so i was like there's just this inherent paradox within stand-up where it's like i don't think you could genuinely be funny if you're trying to be funny you know um and and i feel like with time you know it's 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 obviously like i don't know it's gotten more kind of old-fashioned and stuff and I don't think it has like the cultural cachet it once did. It, you know, it doesn't necessarily provide like a stepping stone like it once did. Same thing for improv. You know, there are a lot of like SNL people who, like I said, who should have done great things, but like, you know, they ne- I can't I can barely remember their name now because they don't. You know, they just didn't do anything. Um, or, yeah. or like or like they didn't have that like you know they never like like I said even Kristen Wiig like she had bridesmaids but she didn't have like a Wayne's you know. Like a, a franchise, like I like you said, like it's crazy. You would say like, yeah, nice guys, because like I remember watching that, being like, man, this is the perfect origin story. Like, I think I might have said that in group chat once of like, if we lived in a proper country, we would have like a nice guys franchise. Like that would be an IP. Like, you know, nice nice guys should be a um uh, like, you know, we should have like a sequel. We should have like a spinoff series. You know, like there should be like like there's so much like uh like meat in that story and there's so much like potential with like oh yeah you have these two guys and you pair them up and you have them so like it's so good to me you know but uh yeah it's it's a fucking travesty uh yeah you know like i said (laughs) it's kind of a bummer i guess you know (laughs) but like whatever i mean um at least we did get this movie you know yeah Uh, um (laughs) every time like i i feel sad about the current state of movies i just realize that there's like you know, since the beginning of cinema's history, I can go back and, you know, watch. and I, I feel a little yeah. better. I'm like, well, there's still it, so it, many it, movies I need to watch, you know? It, it sucks, though, because, like, comedy, there is something about, like, being current, right? Like, I remember, like, you know, Superbad, Pineapple Express, like, 40-Year-Old Virgin. I remember all those movies came out. I remember, like, you know, seeing them in the theater, like, them being in the zeitgeist. Like, everyone talking about these movies, everyone watching and referencing these movies. Like, I remember, like, you know, it felt like it was like a communal thing, right? It, it was like something that like connected people, right? Like, you know, I remember like uh, when I saw Superbad in theaters, like during the third act, a fire alarm went off. So like everyone had to exit the theater, but we, everyone like did it really slowly. Like we all stood up and they turned the lights on, but the movie was still going. So we all walked out really slowly and we all ended up getting like a free ticket. So I went back like a couple of days later and watched Superbad again. I fucking like... You know, like, there's something about, like, having a current comedy that, like, connects you and the world and the other people in it. And, like, 
as great as it is to go back and watch the good ones, like I, you know, uh, there all there also is that whole thing of like comedy kind of dating itself because like you know cultural references and stuff. Um, so I think it is. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of sad, and um, you know, I'm not trying to be like a doomer or whatever, but because the other thing I think that I didn't mention is that I think like people also don't go to movies for comedy anymore. I think if people want comedy. They don't go to movies. They don't really go to stand up. I think they go to social media. You know, they go to TikTok. They go to YouTube. They go to Twitter. Like, I know me personally. Like, I'm sure you're probably the same way. Like, you know, like we probably get like our most daily laughs from like seeing some funny shit on Twitter. You know, um, it's much more common than like watching a movie, right? Or like, yeah, um, it's also ne- ne- it's- neither of us watches SNL. You know, like. That just feels like irrelevant. I, I love. Um, I mean, like a good thing about current comedy is like, not a good thing, but like something that's interesting is like, I think there is interesting stuff being done. Like, I think you should leave is like one of like probably the funniest show I've ever. Oh, seen. for sure, yeah. And I, I have watched that like show a couple times over now, and it yeah, it just yeah. fucking bums me out. That's on Netflix because it's like. Mm-hmm. That show will just go away forever, probably. But like, yeah, it's it's really funny. Like, it's a very funny, it's a very funny show. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it's part of the whole like streaming fucking like you know just vacuum, right? It's like, like we're not going to get a physical release. <laughs> like, people will make memes, they'll talk about it on Twitter, and it'll be a reference. But like, you know, like where where does it go from here? You know, like. You know, like, this, is Tim Robinson going to make, like, his Wayne's... You know, like, that feels like something, like... I don't know. It it just... I feel like there's, like, comedians, like, are kind of being robbed of, like, a, a platform, you know? Because we don't make, like, these, like, American comedies anymore, right? Like, like even, like, you know, I, I mean, I know on Netflix there's all kinds of, like, teen comedies, but, like, you know, I mean, like... Like, I remember, like, growing up, like, every year there was one movie, like, that everyone quoted that everyone like obsessed over like i remember i went to see phantom menace episode one with a one of, with like my english teacher and he was um with, with like his brother and some friends of his and uh i remember like hanging out in line and like one of his friends like references he like nods to the american pie poster and he's like hey dude you know that movie he's like the guy puts a dick in his pot. The guy, a guy puts a, his dick in a pie, you know. And it was like this whole like, oh shit, you know, like this whole like rumor, like, oh shit, did you hear what happens in this movie? And like, it was like something that like spread through like word of mouth, and then like, you know, you finally saw the movie, and like, you know, milf, like that, like that, uh, milf, like was invented by the original American Pie movie, and like, you know, whether it was that movie. You know, there's something about Mary, uh, like, there there was always some, some, like, comedy for people to, like, you know, some cultural touchstone. And I feel like losing that, like, I, again, I'm not trying to get, like, too doomer over it, but, like, losing cultural touchstones kind of sucks because it, like, it, it, like, kind of fractures the connectivity, right? Like, oh, okay, like, maybe we all couldn't disagree on politics, but we can all agree that, like, you know like this show's funny or something right and it's like you know people are just become more tribal than ever and um it's kind of a bummer i don't know yeah maybe maybe i'm thinking too much i mean it's all good you know 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, I wish they just made. We should just made funny movies. We could just, we should just like hang out and like watch uh, funny movies with your friends. Um, and we'll have to settle for stuff that's like twenty years old at this point. Like uh, I, I watch like Forty Old Virgin all the time, and like again, that's a movie that like I don't know. I feel like that and Superbad are movies like maybe kids now would watch and not think are very good or like. But like, what do they have? You know, like what's the yeah version of super bad you know like they don't there Book really smart. wasn't oh man god Woo. yeah book smart was like watchable i feel like i don't know it wasn't like awful uh, but yeah I mean, anyway. you know, whatever. Yeah, well, we're, this isn't the book, the book smart episode, thankfully. But yeah, so with that, uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, do you want to talk about next week and uh, what we got planned? Yeah, so next week um, we have a guest. We don't have her two picks uh, yet, but it is uh, Riffin from the group chat. Um, RG. RG, yep. She is going to bring us two movies. She's told me two movies that she wants to do. Um, if she picks two similar movies, we're going to have a good time discussing them is all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's it. I, I don't exactly know what, what two movies yet. So. I'm a little worried, RG, if you're listening to this. She taunted us um, by uh, uh, like basically like saying, like you don't want to give me this much power, right? And... Um, <laughs> We did, because uh, we're brave. Uh, yeah, we're, we're two brave boys. You know, sometimes we're brave we're, boys. We're godfather soldiers. Her, we're being so brave about it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're inviting a woman. Like that's pretty brave. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, she's gonna choose whatever she wants, and uh, we'll, 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 you know, hey, you know, have your fun. You know, just don't make us watch like the jazz singer or like you know birth of a nation or you know anything like <laughs> too like irreversible like anything too like controversial like august underground you know any like it just i don't know I, I i shouldn't even know these movies but i watch a lot of fucked up stuff but uh but yeah anything uh anything else uh you got planned for the movie watching wise you got anything planned for the weekend we're shooting we're recording this on a friday uh i have been hard at work uh in the re- reality tv minds uh working uh best as i can uh to provide america with the content that it needs and deserves uh you know uh so i haven't really like planned a lot of stuff watched a lot of stuff recently i don't know you got anything planned um, well, I'm actually recording back at my, uh, place instead of my new place. Um, came back for the weekend, uh, to help out a little bit, but yeah, um, <clears throat> no, nothing really planned. Um, found out my school is showing free movies. Oh, nice. It has like an actual theater to show like movies and movies are free for students. So that's pretty fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, we had um in college we had a we would have free movie screenings at the student union and I remember freshman year uh they had a screening of this was like a 2010 or 2000 fuck 
this was 2007 and um they had a screening of uh the prestige and i drug my friends i was like you guys have to see this movie it's fucking so sick and they were like yo afterwards they all everyone loved it they were like thanks for taking us man we love that movie that movie was great um yeah christopher nolan man he used to fucking make awesome movies yeah dude but uh, other than that no not really um but yeah, guys, if you, if you listen this far, thank you so much. Join the group chat. Let us know, you know. And uh, I guess we'll, guys, we'll see you next week. See you next week.